more week, tackling the final theme, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the theme of loving all. So we started with the idea of worshiping fully, and we were talking with the kids downstairs, and, and I was just reminded again, there are so many things in this busy holiday Christmas season that can steal our attention, that can take our focus off of the one thing that we ought to be focusing most on. And and so we started this whole journey with saying, God, I I want this month, I I want this season that can so easily slip away to actually be focused on you. I I want to worship fully, and and I want to worship you fully, nothing else gets our, gets our uh, priorities, get, gets our, uh, our focus. Uh, and so we started with, with getting our Christmas priorities right. We, we talked the next week about the next two themes. We talked uh, about spending less, that, that if the point of this Christmas season isn't about gifts or things or activities or money or spending, which is the things that we're tempted to make this season about. If that's not the point then, but the point is ultimately about Jesus, then why would we continue to spend so much money? Some, yes, uh, but a trillion dollars as a nation, probably not the wisest way to welcome in the Savior of the universe. Uh, We talked about giving more. Instead of spending gobs of money on people who don't really need stuff and half the time won't want it anyway, let's give our financial savings from spending less away. Let's be creative in our giving in ways that don't put us into debt. And so today uh, we're moving on to the final theme, but, but really it's the most important theme of all, uh, and that's to love all. This, this is a holiday about love. Uh, as we heard earlier, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. That's, that's the reason. That's the reason for all of this. It, it happens because of love. Jesus came out of love for all. So we can best honor the incarnation. We can best live into the true spirit of the Advent season by being people who love all as well. That, that's, that's the major idea of this entire season, and so we honor the season by being people of love. So, uh, there are some layers to this, though. Uh, so I want to talk about loving all, but there's some layers to kind of unpack uh, around this idea. First, there are at least three ways that I can think of that that we might actually love all. The three ways to kind of flesh out uh, how we might love all. So I, I want to explore those three ways. But it's interesting that all three of those ways of loving all show up in the Christmas story. They, they all show up in the story of Jesus' birth. But then they also show up again continuously in the story of Jesus' life. So they show up in the Christmas story, but they show up uh, throughout Jesus' life and his ministry, and then all of them have really practical implications for us personally, and especially during the Christmas season. So I want to kind of walk through all those layers 
for all three of these ideas. So, so let's jump in. Now, one way to think through how we might love all this Christmas season uh, and beyond, beyond this Christmas season, is through the biblical calling to love the poor, the marginalized, the struggling, the lonely, the depressed, the forgotten. There's, there's all sorts of poverty in our world. And so one way to think about how we might love all in the season, after we've spent less and tried to give more, one way to think about how we might love all is by giving to those who are experiencing poverty in all sorts of ways. And this sort of love for all, a love for the poor, shows up all throughout the Christmas story because, let's face it, basically everyone in the whole story is poor. Like, this is a story where poor people uh, are at the center and are the heroes of the story. Uh, and most of that, most of that we know, uh, or, or most of, most of the, uh, the ministry, the love for all to the poor, uh, shows up through the angels. The angels might be the best at doing this in the entire story, at, at loving everyone. They show up in the Christmas story left and right to people who normally get ignored or overlooked in important moments like this. This is... This is an incredibly uh, important moment in human history, uh, and for the most part, uh, poor people often get overlooked in moments like that, and yet not to the angels. They show up first to a poor young girl named Mary. She's not a princess. She's not, uh, she's not the daughter of the Caesar. She's not an heiress to a large estate. She's nothing special by the world's standards, and yet... The text says that she is highly favored in the eyes of God. She has found favor with God, a nobody, and yet she's soon to be the mother of the Messiah. That's good news. Then the angels show up to Joseph, a poor carpenter's son. They don't show up to a king or to a priest. They don't show up to the rich or the powerful, but to a nobody. They show up to a nobody. The angels show up in love to somebody who would normally get overlooked in this kind of story. And they announce that Joseph is about to raise up a child that will one day raise up from the grave. He he matters. He matters in the story. And then the angels show up to the shepherds, perhaps the lowest of all, the lowest of the low, the outcasted of society. As our kids helped us to realize last week, they're they're on the outskirts of society tending to this stinky, smelly sheep. They're they're out on the outskirts, forgotten by most of society, and yet the angels show up to these folks, and they announce that they get to be a vital part of the the greatest occurrence in the history of the universe. You, You get to be there. And you get to see it first. You get to matter. They all matter. They're all important. Mary, Joseph, shepherds, all loved deeply. The Christmas story is a bold declaration of God's love for all, including the poor, the marginalized, the struggling, the lonely, the often unlovable of our society. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. He says, And that is the wonder of all wonders, that God loves the lowly, 
God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to loneliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak and broken. That's good news. This is a beautiful story about a God uh, who doesn't forsake the people that we far too often forsake, the people that I far too often overlook in our society, God actually comes down and says, you get to be a vital part of the greatest story in the history of the universe. You get, you get to matter. Uh, and then this idea of loving uh, all through loving the poor is going to be a massive part of Jesus' earthly ministry. It shows up in the Christmas story, but then Jesus just rides this theme all the way through his ministry and his life. Hungry will be fed, thirsty will drink, naked will be clothed, lonely will be comforted, sick and diseased will be made well all day, every day. That's all he does. His entire ministry... Uh, is focused on people who often get neglected and forgotten in society, on the poor. This will be a vital part of Jesus' work. He will spend so much time loving all through loving the poor. So then, to honor the Christmas spirit, to reclaim the meaning of Advent, to take seriously what Jesus came to do on this earth, we must love all. We have to love all, and we must do it through loving the poor. It's in keeping with what Jesus came to do. So if we want to honor the incarnation of God in the world, we must do it through loving the poor. And, and I love the fact that at this point in the sermon, I don't have to create a whole bunch of ways that you all should do this. I love the fact that at this point in the sermon, I get to say, I am proud to pastor a church that does this really, really well. Uh, I, you have done this so well throughout this Christmas season. I, I think about the, the angel tree and the Adopt-A-Family project. Like, I get the honor of loading up all of these gifts and writing a nice little card and putting like $200 worth of gift cards for a family that could desperately need some help. Uh, that could use some help in this season. I get the honor of loading all this up into the back of my car and driving it over to Salvation Army and, and, and being a blessing on behalf of all of you. But man, you did the work, and it's so beautiful. Thank you for loving all in our community by loving the poor. Uh, or I even think about caroling this last week, Christmas caroling. Uh, these are folks that are in our community or in our church that are often forgotten, often neglected. Uh, some of the folks that we sang to uh, can make it here on Sunday mornings, but so many of them can't. And we don't think about them. They, they go by uh, without, without being uh, thought of on, on a regular basis, and yet you took time in a busy season to actually be present with people with people that often get ignored and forgotten by so many, including us. And yet here in this season, I think you embodied God's spirit of loving all through loving uh, those who normally get overlooked, even just by singing Christmas carols to those who could, need, who, who could really use our presence. Uh, thank you 
Thank you for being a church that loves all so well. And yet, there's always ways that we can push forward. There's always ways that we can do better. There's always, uh, we, we can always be looking for other ways to love all and to ex- especially love the poor. Rick McKinley says this, he says, Christmas is our chance to move closer to those in crisis, not further away. It is our time to notice those who are normally ignored. In short, it is our turn to love as we have been loved. In practical terms, our love must include caring for the poor in our midst. And again, there are lots of different kinds of poverty, but the calling is still the same, to reach out to those who are in need. Uh, we have all these kind of opportunities in this season Uh, And you guys have done so well, and yet there's always ways that we can be reaching out more, that we can have our eyes opened even more to the ways in which we can love all in our community, and especially those who are kind of on the outskirts and need a helping hand. There's going to be an opportunity to do this at our Christmas Eve service here in a couple nights. this is the first time, at least uh, that I've been pastor, that we're going to do a mission offering on, at our Christmas Eve service. The money's not going to us, it's going outward. It's going out to help. And so we're going to raise money uh, during a cold, dark season of the year uh, for the Warming Center, a place in town that is offering the kind of ministry that Jesus talked about offering to people. Uh, a roof over their head, Uh, a a cold cup of water, Uh, and so we're going to take an offering. So it's it's just one more opportunity for us to love all by loving the poor. Uh, McKinley says this, God is sending us into a broken but beautiful world on which he will never give up. When we show up and love in the name of God, God shows up. That's part of the mystery of partnering, partnering with Jesus in the work he is still doing. When we show up, God is showing up through us. As we love, we are introducing people to a spirit of love. Now, there are other ways that we can love all in this Christmas season. And they didn't, they didn't talk about this in the book, but I just thought as, as we anticipate uh, the, the times that we're going to spend, maybe even the next week, uh, there, are, there are other ways that come to my mind uh, that we might be called or challenged to love all that might be kind of difficult. Uh, so, so another thing that we are invited to do is that we, we are invited to love those who are different than us. One way to love all is to love those who are different than us. The Christmas story is full of people that are different than each other. If you think about the characters in the story, we kind of think about them as being one integrated whole. You got Joseph and Mary and shepherds and animals and and magi, these foreigners from a far off place. We kind of think about these, it's the nativity. And yet when you kind of break these things apart, like all these things don't normally go together all that well. Like these pieces uh, of this nativity puzzle don't normally fit together very smoothly. Uh, And yet, and so the Christmas story is full of all sorts of people who are very different from each other. People from different parts of the region, 
uh, who, who come from different backgrounds and different societal levels. And, and if we toss the wise men into the story, then we have people from different parts of the world. Uh, there's different social statuses represented. There, there, and there may even be different religions present, and that's certainly true if we consider the wise men. But the Christmas story is, is this sweet, nice, peaceful kind of story only because the characters in the story are able to lay aside any sort of differences that they might have and rally around their commonalities. Namely, that God is doing something cosmically profound in the birth of this baby. They may enter the stable and gather around the manger with a million differences that might normally separate. And yet, for some reason, on this night, this special night, They've uh, allowed themselves to lay aside all the things that might normally separate and and build up barriers and keep them apart, and they've rallied around the one thing that truly matters, that God is doing something profound and showing up in the world through the birth of Jesus. And then Jesus' ministry is going to be all about bridging divides and uniting people together and bringing people together that would not normally fit together. He's all about loving all, even those who are different. He hangs out with Pharisees and criminals equally and creates all sorts of rifts for the people that are outside because of that, and yet Jesus is willing to love all by loving those who are different than him. He does his ministry, even within his closest 12, he does his ministry with both tax collectors and zealots, people who in in normal society would have hated each other, would have despised each other, maybe even been violent toward one another, And yet somehow through Jesus' loving ministry, they're able to do ministry side by side with each other. He reaches out to Samaritans and women and lepers and all sorts of people that he was supposed to avoid, and yet he doesn't allow uh, there to be separation there. On this fourth week of Advent, where we dwell in the thoughts of love and more specifically on the invitation to love all, may we remember that our Savior, Lord, Messiah, and King never let differences or disagreements keep him from being a person of devout love for all. Never separated. And maybe we need that reminder as we prepare for the Christmas week. I know that I did. As we prepare to sit across the table from and sit around the living room with people that might be very different from us, even if we're related by blood, perhaps radically different from us, maybe different from us in every way imaginable, can we remember to love all? We all have those people in our lives who are challenging, that stretch us, that grate on our nerves. We all have those people that, are, that, that we struggle to love, to be kind to, to keep our mouths shut about our disagreements. Maybe it's that uncle who won't stop talking, or that annoying cousin, or that liberal family member, or that conservative family member. Maybe it's that narcissistic coworker that just won't stop bragging, or that friend of a friend who will inevitably be at that party and always drives us nuts. We all... We could fill in the blank of people that will be in our lives in the coming weeks that that's a struggle. 
That's a struggle for me to love. That person is difficult. We are so different. Or they are so annoying. Uh, what it, you fill in the blank. We all have it. Maybe this can be a different sort of Christmas season with, a different sort of, with different sorts of gatherings where patience is displayed and kindness is offered and love is flowing because we've chosen not to let our differences keep us from loving all. We all struggle to love all, but Jesus didn't. And he invites us to be people who will love all, even those who are different from us. Uh, but then finally, maybe, maybe it's even worse than that. Maybe it's just worse than political or theological disagreements. Maybe it's worse than that person's just kind of obnoxious or, or I, just, I don't really like being around them and I don't look forward to it. Maybe it's gotten uglier than just small disagreements Maybe you have enemies. That person who did that thing or said those words and you're not sure you can ever let it go. Maybe you're about to be uh, with that, fr- that friend or that family member that really hurt you and you've been, you've been holding that and it's painful and it's a struggle uh, and, and you've been fighting this Uh, this battle for years. The invitation to love all this season is even an invitation to love our enemies. Jesus didn't hold our sins and evil against us. He entered into a world that he knew would hurt him and abandon him and kill him. He knew what was coming as he came to this world, and yet he came anyway. And in the end, He even said, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Uh, So maybe this Christmas season, there's someone that we need to forgive. uh, Or something that we need to let go of. It's been eating away at us. It's robbing you of the peace that you were meant to experience. It's making every family gathering a nightmare. So many tears, so much hurt and pain Maybe this Christmas season, for the first time, it's, it's time to love all by loving our enemies. Maybe it's time to make things right. Uh, this year, as we celebrate that Jesus loved all, including his enemies, let's be people who do the same. Let's be people who are willing to, to love extravagantly, to take a risk. Uh, to say, I'm, I'm not willing to hold on to that thing for one more day. I, I got to be rid of it uh, because that is the true spirit of Christmas. So as we worship fully this week and truly give ourselves to the real reason for this beautiful holiday, would we be people who love all? M- may we love all through loving the poor, the marginalized, the overlooked, the ignored, the lonely in our midst. Maybe there are people that come to your mind, people that you think of that uh, maybe they're financially poor and you have a little extra this year. That, that Christmas bonus came and you could afford to help somebody in financial need. But, but maybe, it, maybe it's someone who's just lonely. Maybe it's somebody who's hurting. Uh, maybe there, there are all sorts of ways that you could be helpful. Uh, I would invite you uh, 
uh, in kind of this prayerful Christmas spirit uh, to, to be mindful of the ways uh, that you might love all through loving the poor this season. May we love all through loving those who are different than us. We all have them. We all have those people. There are people that are a struggle for us. Uh, you can be the person who takes the first step in saying, I'm not going to create animosity anymore. I- I'm not going to think bitter thoughts. I- I- I'm going gonna- I'm to enter into this situation with a presence of love, with a presence of peace, with a presence of patience, with a presence of kindness. I'm going to overwhelm this situation with kindness, and I'm, gonna- I'm not going to let the barriers of separation uh, break down this family celebration or this friend gathering anymore. Uh, I- I'm not going to let uh, this coworker get underneath my skin anymore because I- I'm going to be the person that chooses to love all. Uh, and may we love all through even loving our enemies. And it's the hardest one. But let's commit to a spirit of love this Christmas season and beyond because love is why Jesus came. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you so loved the world that you sent your only son, your beloved, here to this place to be a presence of love for us. Jesus, we are grateful that you came, that you were willing to sacrifice uh, your, your authority, your power in the heavens, and come here to be a baby, to be a human, to be hurt, to be exposed, to experience emotions, to know pain and struggle, and ultimately to know uh, abandonment and death. We are grateful for your love that came down. God, we are thankful for the Spirit who continues to move in our midst, who continues to open our eyes and illuminate the ways in which we can be a presence of love to all those around us. God, we want to love because you first loved us. Help us to do that. Give us the courage. Give us the wisdom to know when and how to do that. Give us the eyes to see the people that could desperately need our love this holiday season. Help us to be people who love all because you are a God who loves all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.